With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to part three of Darker Demons. And this week we're going to pick up where we left off last time, which was Alexandra was explaining to her friend Tom what she thinks happened to her while she was missing. And her boss had just given her a newspaper and she was looking at the story of her boyfriend's death, which we now know didn't happen. So this was part of her imagination of what happened while she was gone. Okay. The story was about Jake's death and how, oh no, it was awful. I understand, but try to tell me what happened next. Okay. She showed me the newspaper story and I fainted. When I woke up, there were two policemen there. They said they wanted to ask me some questions about my whereabouts Saturday night. I started telling them, but when I got to the Jake part, I just lost it. When I woke up again, I was in the hospital, or whatever. Caitlin was there. The doctor said I had been in the hospital in a coma for two weeks, Alexandra says. Tom tells her, that's impossible. Today is Tuesday. The murder just happened on Saturday night, according to the news. Alexandra expresses her shock at this revelation. You okay, Tom asks. She nods. He continues. Do you remember the doctor's name? No, I don't feel like he ever told me his name. He never examined me or anything, just talked to me. I wonder if he really was a doctor, Tom says. Alexandra looks queasy as she answers. I don't know how much of what I recollect actually happened. Maybe he didn't even exist anywhere, but in my imagination. Anyway, the doctor left and Caitlin came back in started talking to me, and I must have blacked out again. The next thing I knew, I was in my apartment with Jake. We were having some wine and talking about what we were going to do. I suggested we just stay home. He liked the idea, but then he grabbed me and started ripping my clothes off, and Alexandra can see Tom's increasingly angry expression. It's all right. He didn't hurt me, she lies. Then I woke up again back in the hospital. Is that when you finally managed to escape? Escape? That's a strange way to put it, but now hearing you say it, it did feel like I was escaping. I woke up and for the first time felt like I was truly awake. I noticed the IV needle had been pulled out. Maybe I did it in my sleep. I got up. I was shaky, but I managed to get dressed. After that, I just left. I didn't see anyone on my way to the exit. What did the hallway look like, Tom asks. Did you notice anything strange out of the ordinary? No, no, I don't think so. It was just a hallway. I, wait, I remember there were no other doorways. It was like mine was the only room. I thought it was peculiar, but I was so desperate to get out of there, I didn't give it much thought. Then I hailed a cab, and here I am. All right, do you think you're ready to hear my story? It might be difficult for you. I'm ready. Nothing could be worse than the hell I have already been through. 
Okay. Last Saturday, I was sitting on my couch watching the local news at 11. I jumped when your picture appeared over the anchor's shoulder. The story was about the death of Caitlin's husband. Tom gives her an awkward glance and continues. He reported they had a suspect, Alexander Dumont. He said police believed you had been having an affair with the judge, and when he refused to leave Caitlin, you killed him. They found your car later, pulled over on the Crescent City Connection. The reporter said no body was found, but it was still possible you had jumped off the bridge. Where would they get us like that? That's nonsense. The judge and I were friends. I would never. This is unreal. They got the story from Caitlin. She told the police you had called her and asked her to meet you in the office, claiming you had something urgent to talk about. She stated you had she had driven to the office, but it was deserted. She then returned home and discovered her husband's body. He'd been shot. At least that was her version of events. Then, she went on, her phone started ringing. Supposedly, it was you on the other end, and you were hysterical. She seemed to have completely lost her mind, was the way Caitlin put it. She said you apologized for everything before telling her you were about to kill yourself. She called the police and told them what I just told you. At the crime scene, they found your locket. Alexandra reaches up to touch her naked throat where the locket normally rested. They also found your fingerprints on a glass and other items in the house. What if it's true? What if I did kill the judge? I feel as if I'm losing my mind, Alexandra says. Why don't you try and get some sleep, Tom says. You can use my bed. I'll sleep on the couch. We can talk some more in the morning, figure out our next move. Our next move? Tom nods. You didn't think I was going to let you go through this alone, did you? Reaching over Jake's sleeping body, Caitlin removes a cigarette from the gold case the judge had given her on their 10th wedding anniversary. Pulling the covers down to expose Jake's chest, Caitlin strokes his warm flesh, remembering when they had first met. She and the judge were planning a party on their yacht, the Biltmore, named for their wedding venue. Caitlin personally issued the invitation to Alexandra, and she asked if she could bring a guest, some new man she was dating. Sure, Caitlin said. I didn't know you were dating anyone. Tell me about him. His name is Jake. He's a technology geek. He has his own company built around an invention of his, some sort of chip they implant in people to help with depression. I don't really understand it when he starts explaining the technical details. He sounds interesting, Caitlin replied, thinking the opposite. Arriving for the party a little late, Alexander and Jake were jogging down the dock when Caitlin laid eyes on him for the first time. She gasped, causing the woman next to her to ask, Are you all right, hon? I just... Yes, I'm fine, she said. She rushed to the top of the steps to greet the couple. Alexander introduced them. Jake reached out to shake her hand, and she felt her face flushed. She felt naked, vulnerable, as she smiled and took his hand. It's very nice to meet you. Alexandra has told me many wonderful things about you, Caitlin gushed. Jake raised her hand to his lips. I've heard many tales about you as well, he said with a sly grin. Later, as the judge and Alexandra were talking, Caitlin saw her husband glance over to where she and Jake were engaged in an animated discussion. Touching her cheek, she sensed it was hot with color. She rested her hand lightly on Jake's arm. He leaned in to hear what she was saying. She looked up, 
and noticed Alexandra glaring in their direction. I think I've monopolized you long enough. Alexandra's looking lonely, Caitlin said reluctantly. She started to walk away and felt Jake grab her arm. Meet me tomorrow night at the Hilton downtown. I can't. I, I can't. She pulled her arm away and hurried over to Alexandra. I think it's time Jake and I headed out, Alexandra said somewhat sharply. I know he has a busy day ahead of him tomorrow. He waved Jake over in the tubes and said their goodnights. Interesting young man, don't you think? The judge asked. Caitlin nodded, replying, I don't know what a man like that sees in our little Alexandra. Hey, babe, why are you awake? Jake reaches out and removes Caitlin's cigarette from between her fingers. I thought I asked you not to smoke in bed. I know, I'm just nervous knowing Alexandra's out there somewhere. We should have killed her, like I said, she grumbles. Begging her hand, he kisses each finger, telling her not to think about it. Stop worrying. Our plan is going to work out just fine. Why were you so insistent we keep her alive in the first place? You still have feelings for her? Don't talk crazy, babe. You know you're the only one I want, Jake says, hoping Caitlin won't detect the lie underneath. There is one thing that would help me relax and fall asleep, Caitlin says in a voice wet with desire. Waking in the unfamiliar surroundings of Tom's bedroom, Alexandra feels a moment of panic, terrified she is trapped in another hallucination. She hears Tom rattling around in the kitchen and feels the dead weight lift off her chest. Hey, why didn't you wake me up? She asks, still groggy. You needed your rest. Do you feel up for some breakfast? Sure, just let me get freshened up first, she answers. Is there any chance you could sneak into my apartment and get me some clean clothes? These clothes I found in the hospital, the facility, whatever. I think they're a little gamey. Yes, of course. I managed to get in there yesterday without a problem. And his expression makes it obvious he has said more than he intended. You've been in my apartment? Why? Alexandra asks, not unkindly. I don't know exactly. Something about being in the apartment made me feel closer to you, almost as if you were there with me. Tom shrugs his Shrugs his shoulders. I sound like some insane stalker, huh? No, you sound like a caring friend, that's all. She stands on tiptoe to give him a kiss on the cheek. Thank you. Reigning in the urge to gather her up in his arms, he replies, No worries, go on, take your shower. While she is occupied, Tom walks up the stairs to her apartment, carefully checking to be sure he is alone. He unlocks the door and steps over the threshold. Opening Alexandra's closet, he is overwhelmed by the aroma of her jasmine perfume. He picks out a pair of dove gray pants and a blue sweater. He approaches her dresser as if it was an altar. Opening the top drawer, he sees her silk underwear and blushes. He can't bring himself to sort through it and just grabs a handful. He finds an overnight bag perched on a shelf in the closet and puts the clothes underwear, and a few articles he feels may be important into the bag. Slowly opening the door and checking again for any unwelcome visitors, he exits. Returning to the apartment, he leaves the bag on the bed and goes into the kitchen to finish making breakfast. He calls out, hey, are you almost ready? Your breakfast awaits. Alexandra enters the kitchen and laughs when she sees Tom's stunned expression. Your hair, all that 
beautiful black hair. What did you do? Sorry to disappoint you, but I thought I needed some type of disguise. I'm going to bleach it, too, if you'll go to the corner and pick up some supplies for me. It doesn't look that bad, does it? She asks, reaching up and rubbing her now-exposed neck. Actually, you look beautiful. Your neck is... Never mind, you look good, he says, abruptly turning back to his breakfast preparations. Everything smells wonderful and starving. What are we having? Nothing exotic, just scrambled eggs, bacon, toast. What's your coffee choice? We have vanilla, hazelnut, cinnamon, or just plain super strong? I think cinnamon. Seated at Tom's table, enjoying her meal, Alexandra feels her body finally beginning to relax. The muscles in her neck that have been coiled like a snake loosen, allowing her shoulders to return to their normal position. She lifts her head and smiles warmly at Tom. Thank you for this, for everything. I've never thanked you properly for all the little things you've done for me over the years. I'm sorry for that. Tom makes a sweeping gesture with his hand, attempting to brush away the moment. Crazy girl, you don't ever have to thank me, he says, jumping up from the table. So, what's next? I need to find a way to clear my name. I wonder why Jake and Caitlin didn't just kill me. Why keep me alive? They must have known there was a risk, a small one I know but a risk I would wake up and escape. So you think it was the two of them working together, Tom asks? Yes, I'm afraid I do. The last thing I remember is being with Jake. If he wasn't involved, then why wouldn't he tell the police the truth, that I was with him Saturday night? And whoever was was helping Caitlin must have been able to control my thoughts somehow, create these hallucinations. That's sort of what Jake's business is all about, controlling people's minds. Also, I haven't wanted to admit this to myself, but I'm fairly certain Jake and Caitlin are having an affair. It's the only scenario that makes sense. They must have decided things would be less complicated with the judge and me out of the picture. Okay, and that's the end of part three, and we'll pick up next week with part four. And if you can't wait to find out what happens, just go to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of the book for yourself. And that's it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.